0: You're listening to a leadership message from Pastor Jürgen Metesius here at Awaken Church. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Faithful. are we all there? Hebrews 11 verse one it says, "Now faith, now faith, now faith. Now faith is always in the now. Now faith is the substance; it's substantive; it's tangible." Faith, faith is a real thing. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. Watch this, the evidence of things. Come on, somebody, the evidence of things unseen. I, I, I love the Bible because it immediately sets you in a in, in a in a position that is diametrically opposed to the world around you because the world around you says that seeing is believing i'll believe it when i see yeah yeah i'll believe it when i see it but the bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and it's the evidence of things unseen it is the evidence of things not yet seen. See, it may be unseen, but faith doesn't see it as unseen. Faith says it's just not yet seen. That's right. That's it. Wow. Come on. Wow. When we came to San Diego, you know, I saw the baseball diamond, one church, four locations, and you've all heard me say, I was just happy to have one church in one location. But as I began to share that in my head, I'm like, how would that happen? How, how could that possibly be? But I remember I had faith. And so even though four locations were unseen, the truth is the four locations were just not yet seen. Balboa campus was previously a 24-hour fitness. But if you could have stepped into the future, if you could have stepped into, we could have driven past and seen a building jam-packed People getting saved, altar, full, praise and worship. Three services on a Sunday, Wednesday night. It wasn't wasn't that it was unseen as in not existing. It was just not yet seen. It was just not yet seen. So there's been a war on faith. There's always a war on faith. Luke 18 verse 8. In Luke 18 verse 8, Jesus finishes. He's kind of scolding the religious people of his day. And then he finishes with this. He says, but when the son of man returns, will he really find faith in the earth? When the son of man, in other words, Jesus saying, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to leave the church in charge. You guys are going to have to take territory. I've commissioned and commanded you to go out and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. He says, but when I return, will I really find faith in the earth? Notice he doesn't say, when I return, will I really find love? When I return, will I really find equality? When I return, will I really find kindness? So Satan is, even though he does attack love, his number one agenda is the dismantling, is the dissolving, is the disrupting, is the destroying of faith. Satan hates faith. Why why does the devil hate faith? Because faith is the conduit through which heavenly things become earthly realities. Everything in your life comes through faith. Everything from God, everything that travels from the kingdom of heaven, from the realm of the unseen that comes into visibility, that comes into your life, comes through faith. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Right now, you need to understand that the opposite of faith, and people always say that it's not, it's doubt or whatever, but the opposite of faith is fear. What, what we've seen in 2020 with the attack, the shutdown of the church, you could see the agenda of the enemy. There's a global pandemic. Fear and panic is in the air. They, they've intentionally handpicked who their doctors are. Most of them haven't practiced and seen a patient in decades. But they're they're out there talking about you've got to wear masks and you can't go out and you can't social distance and this thing is deadly and it's killing people all over and then you get it and like two or three days later you're like, oh, wow, that was it? And, okay, and fear and panic you you you're not wearing a mask in home depot and someone loses their ish is just going out of there and you're trying to tell them hey it's cool man i've got the antibodies i've i've had it you can't ca-. or you come and give me a hug because what i've got will help you and uh, they're freaking out running to the manager and screaming and and you know, kicking up a, a fuss and a, and a scene because there's no rationale. They don't follow the actual data. They don't follow the actual science because of fear. You see people driving alone in their car with a mask on. That's not the faithful. That's the fear fearful people. People jogging. I saw a guy jogging two days ago, yeah. jogging with a mask on. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. So, what does fear take away? Takes away love. You'll see all kinds of hate rise. Takes away power. Fear renders people powerless. Governments love using fear because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but one of love, power. Because he, the, the devil knows. That if you can put fear on a people, they are powerless and will cede power to a government. The number one drive, sadly, the number one drive of human beings is not for freedom, believe it or not. The number one drive is for someone to take care of me. I want somebody to take care of me. The reason we get married The reason we long for companionship, the reason we long to belong is because we, we long for somebody to take care of us. Psalm 23 introduces, David introduces, the Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He takes care of the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. In other words, God takes care of me. God is the true shepherd. Jesus in John 10 introduces himself as the true shepherd. The devil sees that man was created to be taken care of by God. And so what the devil has done and what the Bible is all about is very, very simple. What it's all about is men who reject God, seeking to usurp the natural wirings of God in us, for someone to take care of us with governments that say, we will take care of you. Joseph Stalin, we will take care of him. We'll equally distribute all the wealth. What they should have said, we'll equally distribute all the poverty while we extract the wealth. We will live and fare like kings and you will struggle and die in famines and starvation. Adolf Hitler says, we will take care of you. Pol Pot says, we will take care of you. Idi Amin, we will take you. You go down to Venezuela, we will take it. But they don't take care because they reject God. Man was created Man was created to walk with God. The Lord is my shepherd. David says, I'm, I've been young and now I'm old. One thing I've never seen is the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. If my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. So there's, there's something in us that, that, that longs for that, but we've, we've got to be very discerning. And so what fear does is fear immediately takes away power. And when people are powerless, they're much more likely to cede. Please, government, you take care of me. Please, Dr. Fauci, take care of me. Please, CDC, take care of me. We, we trust men that if they don't have a heart for God, may I just say to you, don't trust them. If they don't have a heart for God, do not trust them. Are you saying that all atheists are evil? No, I'm just saying all atheists are susceptible. If, if they don't trust God, th- there is no atheist who wasn't born with a sinful nature. The reason Jesus died on the cross is because none of us could make it to heaven without his sacrifice. Jesus had to die because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There are none righteous, no, not one. And so, so we live in a time where the devil is intentionally lifting up fear. But we're not of the household of fear. We have love, power, and a sound mind. So you'll find that there's, that there's no sound judgment. There's no logic behind their screams and their rants. And so that's why we will get persecuted for speaking the truth because the truth, it will wake them up. It'll wake them out of their wokeness. It'll wake them out of their wokeness because it's just easier let the government do the thinking for me and so that's why we're not afraid to we're not afraid to be persecuted we're not afraid to take some hits because we know that the truth will set them free you shall know the truth and the truth shall set set you free so so let me just kind of give you three quick thoughts the first thing is understand that everything begins in the invisible and moves towards the visible everything begins in the invisible and moves towards the visible. You began in the invisible. You began in the unseen. The Bible says, David says, you, you knit me together in my mother's womb while I was yet unseen. In the darkness of the womb, in the hidden parts, you brought me forth. You, 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 you began in the unseen before we saw you, you were in existence, but you were unseen. We have a gender reveal party, little boy, little girl. We, we, we don't know because it, unseen, it's a mystery. Because we, we begin in the unseen and we move towards the seen. Every location that we have, every leader that we have, every, every, everything in the kingdom begins in the unseen and moves towards the seen begins in the invisible and moves towards the visible. Disneyland once only existed in the mind of Walt Disney. You could see the land out there in Anaheim. It was, people said, Why, who, who would ever come to a theme park in the back of a California desert? But he could see it in his mind. So Joel 2.28 says, uh, In the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy even your men manserv- servants maid servants young men will see visions old men will dream dreams so so what, what god is telling us there is that, that the power of the holy spirit is the power for you and i to reach out and grasp what is unseen and make it seen the, the advantage that you and i have over the unchurched over the world is that you and i can be filled with the, with a spirit that steps into the realm of the invisible, that steps into the realm of the unseen. And how do we capture what is unseen and what is invisible? It, it, it is captured through the realm of visions and dreams. Visions and dreams is how things are transported from the invisible, from the heavenly, from the, the realm of the kingdom into the earthly realm, into the terrestrial realm, into the realm of the natural. God gave us a vision of what the church was going to look like. He gave us a vision of the locations. He gave us a vision of how we develop leaders. He gave us a vision. I had a vision of pregnant women in labor, and then I saw pregnant men in labor. I thought, this is just weird. But when you're in a dream, you can't stop because you're dreaming. And uh, you're a spectator and a participator, and it's all, and it's all, my God, it was weird. And then I, then I had x-ray eyes, and I could see the babies, and the, the babies weren't like little, you know, six-month and eight-month-old and, not, you know, nine-months ready to be. They were like five years old and ten, you, you know, in there. And people were in such agony. And then the Holy Spirit said, don't, don't send people back. He said, when, when you come to San Diego, this is your assignment. You're going to be a midwife. I'm like, you mean a mid, mid-man? <laughs> and... <laughs> And he said, no, because you are boasting about you're only going to build your church on salvations. And he says, there are so many people pregnant with my giftings, pregnant with my callings, pregnant with my ministry, pregnant with my potential, but they sit under leadership where there's no room in the house. There's only one rooster in that house, and there's no, no room for them to fully give birth. There's no room for them. He says, so when you go to San Diego... You're not to hire from the outside. You're going to raise up everything from within because you're going to release. Your job is to see in the invisible, see the gifting, see the callings, speak into those things, develop those things, and release those things. So it, it, was, it was a vision that became the strategy that I honestly believe became the secret source of, of where we're at today. I mean, if you were at Emerge. And you saw Jeff Forbes, who seven seven emerges ago got saved and then had probably the biggest altar call when he shared very, very vulnerably, very, very honestly. But it was, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the place when he shared about what he did not have in a, a physical father and what God had done. And then when he opened the altar call, you're seeing, I've never seen such muscle and ink, but weeping. On, on the altar, uh, with a move of God of men and testimonies coming back of their their hearts restored the, the, the we, you know we don't have enough time to go through, but but it was it was you, you capture things from God with visions and dreams that 's why the greatest thing you can do praying in the spirit, the devil would love to have you so busy doing ministry that you're Missing out on ministry, yeah. Yeah. Wow. you can be so busy doing the tasks of ministry that you actually. Bible says Jesus often have to, had to just kind of with, withdraw, just disconnect from everything, so he could connect with the Father and then come back and re-engage. When you're speaking in tongues, I can't tell you how many times speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit, boom, I see a picture, boom, I see a vision, or or can or I. It elevates you above all the noise, all the fray, all the weeds, all the stuff going on, and it it brings you up. And again, you can see clearly again. You were created by God to be a son and a daughter of the Most High, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth through your life. And the way that you do that is the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and He brings you into a realm of visions, dreams, and prophecy visions and dreams is how you capture pastor Stacy when she was working at paychecks earning earning a six-figure salary had a she had a vision and a dream of ministry She is making good money in the marketplace she just bought a home but but there was something in that was incongruent and so she took an incredible pay cut but look at her today there are people delivered, people healed, people saved, people set free. Our church would not be what it is today if it wasn't for Pastor Stacy. But Pastor Stacy, h- how did that happen? How did that shift happen? It, it-, it was invisible. You- you, Pastor Jurgen, you-, you never told her she was going to be doing this. I didn't see it, but she saw it. And then as we got full of the Holy Spirit, as we began to walk in the Spirit, the Spirit will give you visions and dreams. Visions and dreams. People, people you know, I remember hearing... Pastor Dev, I remember hearing, you know, pastors preach against uh, imagination. Imagination's from the devil. You know, and they would picket Disney World in Florida. They, they, would, they would march and they would picket Disney World Florida because it releases a spirit of fantasy upon the... True story. Releases a spirit of fantasy. And, uh, and it's like a, only a visionless church will march against a world with vision. You're meant to lead the world with vision, you pelicans. So, so we're meant to. We're meant to. Everything moves from the invisible to the, from the unseen to the... How does that happen in your life? It happens with the realm of visions and dreams. Visions and dreams. And how do I get visions and dreams? Very simple. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Visions, dreams, prophetic. What is, what is the prophetic? The prophetic is where you speak what you see. You speak what you see in the invisible until it materializes in the natural. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. Light was. So God God looked, everything was dark. He saw, he conceptualized light. But it wasn't until he spoke what he saw could be that then reality lined up with his word. The reason the devil hates the prophetic, the reason the devil hates the church, preaching and proclaiming, speaking the word of God, the the church moving away from... From the theologies of men, but moving into the place where we're we're unpackaging, not what God has said, but thus saith the Lord. When we move from, Jesus said in the first temptation, He says, "Devil, man doesn't live by bread alone. It is written, man does not live by bread alone. It is written, logos. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but he lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." In other words, let me tell you where I live, Devil. I live between what God has said. And what God is saying. We always want to be the church that reminds people what God said. How come you guys, you know, don't believe that there are 67 gender? Because because it is written, God created the male and female. Male and female. How come you guys don't believe that two men can get married? Because the Bible says it is written, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It is written. Well, you know, you don't you think that's outdated? Well, you know, God is not outdated and we are not in the business of, I'm not smart enough to tell God that he needs to update his. I'm not smart enough. Like I, I was a jacked up mess when I got saved. And that word that has built my life, I, 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 I have too much fear of the Lord to change the word. I know that if you will line up your mess with his word, he will clean the mess and you will you will begin to be fruitful and multiply. I've, I've yet to find life outside of his word. I've yet to find life outside of obeying his commandments. So it is written But Jesus says, will we live by every word that flows from the mouth of God? It is written, but this is what God is saying. I live between this is what God has said, but I'm waiting on what God is saying. We want to be the church that says to our community, thus saith the Lord. When we opened on August 23rd and refused to have mass and social distancing, it wasn't because we were reckless. It was because when I looked at the data and processed with the Holy Spirit, I found that there was another there were, and there was another agenda going on. There was something else going on that the CDC stats and everything just didn't resonate, it just didn't ring true. And and then having had had COVID ourselves and seeing people that had COVID, we just thought, man, this is, we we can do, but but it it was, it required some courage. We got some kickback. But what we were saying is, hey, thus saith the Lord, you don't need to be afraid of the pestilence that flies by day, nor the arrow at noonday. A thousand may fall at your right side, but it shall not come near you. Psalm 91. We began to step into what God is saying. So I need you to understand that one of the first things you need to do is begin to capture, begin to see what God is showing you. Begin to see kingdom things. And the greatest way is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why we're a Spirit-filled church. The greatest thing I can do is create an environment where the Holy Spirit is free to move. It's free to move because young men will come out and they'll have a dream for a vision. They'll have a dream for a bride. Young women, dream for a husband. Dream for success. Dream for ministry. dream for and, and, And this is the place of dreams. The house of God. God is meant to be the dream house. Jacob has, sees a ladder going up to heaven. and He says, my God, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. In other words, he realizes there's, a, there's heaven and this is the gateway where heavenly things become earthly realities. That's what should happen at our altars, in all of our locations, where people get pregnant with the dreams of God. But then we have to teach them. We have to teach them not to say, "Ah, oh, well, you know, the economists are saying it's, you know, San Diego house probably. We'll never get a home in San Diego. Man, we'll never get a home in Salt Lake City. Man, we'll never. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Just begin to prophesy. Begin to prophesy what you see. Begin to prophesy what you see. Begin to prophesy what you see. Elijah, the Bible says he heard in the spirit a, the sound of an abundance of rain in the midst of a famine. And he sends Ahab. He goes, go up to your palace to eat and drink because that's all you can do. He says, I'm going to go back up onto Mount Carmel and I'm going to bow myself, bow myself over the earth and I'm going to begin to cry out and intercede and labor until my eyes see what my ears have heard, until my eyes see what I've captured in my spirit. And the Bible says, you know the story, six times he prayed, nothing but on the seventh time, a cloud rises out of the sea the size of a man's hand and he says to his servant, run, run before you make it to the palace the drought will be broken and rain will flood the land. What happened? He, he caught something in the invisible and then travailed till he brought it into the natural. That's our job, 16 locations How, what, in our spirit. But every leader, everything that you need, everything that you see, you're a supernatural people. You're not of the household of fear, you're of the household of faith. What is faith? Faith is now, now faith now faith how does faith come faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God no wonder marijuana dispensaries were open no wonder liquor stores were open no no wonder casinos were open no wonder strip clubs were open all of those you know will entertain you but they won't put faith in you the devil's not scared of any of those things because he knows that they're they're no antidote to fear but the house of God is a threat because in the house of God you hear the word of God and faith rises when faith rises fear just can't land fear just can't find a settling place when you got faith on the inside when there's faith on the inside of you you move things from a heavenly location to an earthly destination when you have faith we move things from a heavenly location to a, our job is thy kingdom come they will be done on earth as it is in heaven the most powerful people on the planet are people of faith the most mighty men and women are mighty men and women of faith because faith is the conduit that God gets everything into the earth Does somebody, can somebody say amen So God wants us to to be filled with the Spirit, to to prophesy. Be careful what you speak. The second one is everything moves from seed to harvest. Everything moves from, oh, I've got two minutes left. Everything moves from seed to harvest. Everything begins as a seed and ends in a harvest. You know, it's so funny. Uh, I'm I'm always the ready, fire, aim guy with, with a lot of home projects. And so when we finished, doing our landscaping, Leanne, uh, my, my daughter Zoe said to me, um, Quest Diagnostics, okay. And uh, <laughs> Zoe said, Daddy, can we get some fruit trees? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can. And I saw some at, at uh, Home Depot. So we raced down to Home Depot and uh, there was avocado. She's like, I love it. So we get two avocado trees. We get an orange tree and we get a pomegranate tree. I take them home. You know, there's dirt all through the back of my car. And uh, takes me forever. Anyway, we plant them. And then uh, we had the beautiful yabas over. And uh, he's like, Yeah, yeah. You know, how old Zoe now? I said, Oh, you know, she's 12. He goes, Yeah, yeah. Probably by the time she's 18 or 19, you'll be able to enjoy that. I'm like, Hang on, what? What, what? what do you mean? He goes, Well, you know, they take about six years to mature. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thanks for the laughs. Yeah, no research. I'm just like, Well, I planted them. When, when, when are these? put some water on there you guys have got sunlight hello i'm waiting i'm wait i'm thinking the plant's going yeah. oh thank you that's a great little avocado like five or six freaking what everything begins as a seed and ends in a harvest you began as a seed today you're a harvest everything begins as a seed understand that there's a process Understand that there's a process. John 12, 24. John 12, 24. Listen, this this is the key to, to seed and your harvest. John 12, 24. Jesus was speaking about himself. And he said this. He says, unless a kernel of wheat or unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it will remain a single seed. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it'll produce much fruit. Now, we like seed and we like fruit. I'm not too sure about the falling into the ground and dying. Unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, gets buried, gets covered over, it'll remain a single seed. That seed will have potential. I'm telling you, I've been to conferences, where, especially when we were youth pastors, you know, I'd meet all these people and they would tell us, oh, yeah, I've got a prophetic word, pastor. You know, prophetic word, I move in the gifts of the spirit. It's been prophesied, I'm going to have a youth group of tens of thousands. And when you meet these people, they're like gifted, communicators. I, no denying it, that seed had the potential. Every seed, little orange seed has a potential to go in the ground, produce an entire orange tree, producing tens of thousands of trees with hundreds of thousands of seeds from that one seed could come an entire orange juice factory from that one seed potential. But Jesus says, unless it falls to the ground and dies, it'll remain a single seed. So, I leave Bible college, 1991, with potential. I leave with callings. I leave with prophecies. And then God says, great, now you're going to die. What? Yeah, get ready. I'm going to take you to Manukau City, New Zealand, where all your prophecies, all your giftings, all your preaching, all your is going to die. You're actually going to administrate and serve for somebody else. And they've kind of got a a bigger ego, so there's no room for your gift. So, and in the dying, you kind of feel lost. I'm like, I'm not, uh, ask any of my team, I'm not administrative. Thank you, Summer, you little rascal. (laughs) And and I'm, and it was hard and it was dark. And Elisha. Anoint Elisha as prophet in your place, Elijah. And the Bible says Elisha's reputation was he that poured water on the hands of Elijah. People from the school of the prophets saying, hey, don't you realize the Lord is taking your master away from you today? We've got intel. We're at the school of the prophets. Elisha, serving Elijah, never prophesied. He has no prophecies. There's no ministry. He's just pouring water on the hands of He's doing all the menial tasks. He's sweeping the floor, unplugging the toilets. He's getting dinner ready, cleaning up, making beds. He's. But guess where the mantle fell? Because unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, what we do with our entitled generation, with our blabber and grab it, confess it, with our immediate gratification generation, with our drive-through, gosh, what's taking them so long? It's been a minute generation, is we don't understand that in between planting the avocado tree, there's six years till now just bought a much more mature one. (laughs) So that this next season in Jesus' name, come on somebody. But in between seed time and harvest, there's a process. Don't quit on the process. They found sunflower seeds in in a uh, sarcophagus that they said was over 3,000 years old. And they thought, I wonder if they're still any good. So they planted them and they grew. For 3,000 years, sunflowers were waiting. The potential was there, but it wasn't until they were planted. Psalm 92 says, blessed are those who are planted in the house of God. If you feel lost, if you feel forgotten, if you feel buried, if you feel covered over, if you feel like, man, I'm just in dark, I feel like I'm surrounded by dirt, man, someone just dumped a whole lot of manure on me, and uh, it's good. You say, hang on, no, no, I didn't sign up for a whole lot of ish. I didn't sign up for this. You know, people, you know, they give me all their crap. That's awesome. The more crap you get, the faster you grow. I I heard beautiful Pastor Rudy Batiste saying, that when they were looking at land in, in Mexico, they did a soil sample. And the, and I might have this wrong. The soil only had like 5,000 microorganisms in there. And to have really healthy soil, you need at least 20,000. So what they do is they bring in dung. They bring in poop. They bring in chicken poop and horse poop manure, fertilizer, because it's full of microorganisms. Once it has 20,000, now it's ready to flourish. We like, yeah, I left the church, you know, they didn't recognise a gift on my life and then I was, you know, just, you know, working as an administrator for, you know, Pastor Stacy and you know, like they didn't recognise I meant to be a pre oh gotta pick on Stacy, she just bring it down. And <laughs> I gotta finish, I gotta finish on five minutes over. Yeah, I, you know, like you know, here I am doing a ministry I didn't recognise got a prophetic you know. And then I had to deal with all this, you know, all these politics and all this. I didn't sign up for that. It's like, oh, my God. God in heaven going, what part of my Bible do you not read? What part do you not understand? I got you as a seed and I put you and I buried you and you were so buried. Yes, you were lost. When you take that seed and you bury it, you can't see it anymore. No one can hear it's bragging. No one can see its potential. It's buried. It's almost forgotten. It's under the ground. Where did I bury? Hang on. Where did I? this did I put the seed here I I should have marked where I but but one day there it is let's put some poop on it thank God for the poop come on stand your feet I'm finished give God some praise for some of the poop some of the ish some of the junk that you're going through because God is accelerating your fruitfulness. You are moving from seed to harvest. Come on, lift your hands into the sky. Lift your hands into the sky. Father, I thank you for prophetic people. Just reject fear. You see it everywhere. Every time I see someone driving with a mask, I'm like, oh my gosh, spirit of fear, spirit of fear, spirit of fear. You know, and the Holy Spirit says, stop judging, just pray for them. I didn't bring you to the city to point out people's faults. Brought you to the city to wash away, to allay, calm people's fears. Our our assignment is to replace fear with faith. Was it when was Mother's Day? Was that last Sunday? Two Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago, it was awesome. Um, I didn't have to preach. So Leanne's like, hey, we can, we can go to Mostra on a, on a Sunday morning. So we went to Mostra, read our Bibles, and then we came and heard beautiful Pastor Becky. And, uh, and I've never seen so many people wearing masks outside. And I'm like, we're here every day. And then I realized, oh, no, we're never here on a Sunday. And I'm like, what? what's the difference between today and yesterday? And the Holy Spirit said, because these are the people who aren't in church. These are the people who aren't in church. So they're not of the household of faith. So they're overcome by a spirit of fear. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Say these words. Say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. Thank you, Father, that faith comes. Thank you that faith is now. It is the substance of the things I'm hoping for. And it is the evidence of what is not yet seen. Come on, if you receive that word, give God a praise. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.